Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time Uh, on your schedule to watch the Modalidades on BTV. You can now catch the recaps and also Modalidades talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befica podcast, uh, Befica Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befica Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão que eu tenho explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Benfica Podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. Benfica Podcast coming to you every Tuesday or every week, we should say. Sometimes we alternate between Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but coming to you uh, every week, giving you uh, the very latest on Benfica. Uh, with me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira. Como é que é, amigo? What's up, Alfredo? How are you doing today, bro? I'm doing wonderful. On the night, oh, it was like the night before <laughs> uh, the big decision tomorrow. How are you doing? I want to know if you're antsy. Dave, I want to know how you're feeling. Very anxious to know what you guys' thoughts uh, heading into a very special day tomorrow. Yeah, Dave, how are you doing? I'm good. I got, uh, I think I'm in the minority. I got uh, my pin in the mail uh, uh, yesterday. So yeah, I think I'm the- in the minority based on what I've been seeing online. I'm in the minority. I was kind of nervous to see this registered piece of mail that I got uh, from Portugal. I didn't know if it was any back taxes that I was owing, <laughs> but uh, I, got the, uh, I got the pin. Or in, or in Cristiano's case, some like traffic tickets from summer vacations. <laughs> like, like my cousin in Portugal says, every time you come here, you leave your contribution. Dave, quick question. Have you ever voiced in any public format, whether here on Twitter, have you ever said anything negative regarding our current president? No, I have not. That's the key. That's <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that, we finally figured it out. Anyone that said anything negative about it has not received their pin. It, it could be. It could be. But uh, I, I read on Twitter that a lot of the guys uh, in Toronto are, uh, are, are getting them. Uh, I saw that on Twitter. Um, so... <laughs> we're here, right? <laughs> we kind of we're getting a little bit off track, but let me just tell you what you know what's going on. Obviously, we got the the usual recaps, uh, the Leg Poznan game, the Bolnes uh, recap. We're also going to look ahead to uh, Standard Liège, which comes up this thir- this Thursday. Today is Tuesday as we record this. 
Um, and then the Bull Vista preview that comes up on Monday is what we have for you in this episode number 383. Um, so the biggest moment uh, right now for, for Benfica are these pending uh, elections. So what we were talking about is obviously um, myself, Dave, and Cristiano were, were sausage, were sausage uh correspondents and what that means is when you're out of the country and you really don't attend games uh you could still be a sauce it's it's a lower um monthly or or yearly uh fee to be that correspondent sauce uh, but we do have uh rights uh, many rights much like all the other uh sauces and one of them is to vote uh so as we record this on a tuesday night tomorrow uh is election day um So the election was supposed to be on the 30th, as announced by the, uh, the General Assembly by Benfica. Uh, but unfortunately, because of uh, COVID and, and the country uh, being in a, in a calamity state, they decided to, uh, to bring uh, the election forward. And that also had to do with there's a lot of districts within the country that are being told that or the folks that live within those districts are being told that you cannot leave your district. You cannot go over to the next town. So because of this and because of the restrictions, the traveling restrictions that are being uh, put together by the Portuguese government, um, Benfica decided to bring forward the elections. So if you're a, a voter, you could vote at Chalilouge. There's also, I believe, six or eight casas uh, throughout the country where you can vote. Some in the north, some in the, in the centro or uh, center of Portugal, some in the, in the south. So you have the ability. For us, uh, they'll live away from Portugal or either in the islands or in other continents. Um, we receive a letter from Benfica that has all the information in terms of what you're supposed to do to vote. Uh, so obviously for voting, you need your, your número do socio or your socio number, and you also need a PIN uh, that would allow you to cast an individual vote so you don't, don't So you can't vote multiple times, obviously. So that's why each sauce you, each correspondent sauce you will have that individual pin, unique pin, uh, that will allow you to vote that one time. So um, I, I did, I, I, and I want to say something right now, and, and Cristiano also was something that he reminded me of. So maybe a couple of weeks, three weeks, four weeks ago, I had mentioned and I had promised our our fans that uh, there was going to be some some specific podcast about the elections, about the the candidates, um, and just just explaining for for you guys that you know don't know Portuguese, uh, that only understand English, and that still like to be uh, aware of everything that's going on. Um, I was going to put something out to, together um, like that. So. Since then, there's, there's been a lot of things that, that have changed. So we went from four candidates or four, four lists that were going to be candidate. Um, yeah, four lists plus Luis Felipe Vieira that were going to be uh, candidates to these elections. Uh, then we went to three lists. Then today we had another one go out, and there's now only two lists and Luis Felipe Vieira. The two lists that are going to run for the presidency are the João Noronha Lopes list and the uh, Rui Gomes da Silva uh, list. Uh, those guys 
or the two lists that have seemed to have gathered more traction in, te- in terms of fans. Uh, the other list was Bruno Costa Carvalho, which is a guy that always seems to pop up at, at election time, but he doesn't have the prerequisites to meet uh, a, what a candidate should be or, or to be a candidate. So uh, this time around, what he decided to do is, you know, I, I was still the face of the, this candidacy, but because I don't meet the prerequisites, I have a guy that's on my campaign that is going to be his name running for president. Um, so he decided to to fold today. Um, and then there was another one that was uh, Movimento Servir Benfica. Uh, and uh, those guys decided to align with uh, João Noronha uh, Lopes uh, list. So right now, and as I was putting stuff together to, to present to you, and there's all these changes going on, uh, and quite honestly, and, and you know, this is a bit of a, a personal problem, and, and I guess you guys did, don't really have to uh, or didn't have to suffer uh, for my own personal uh, problems that I'm having with these elections, with this division between uh, Benfica fans. Um between all the insults that go back and forth on Twitter, on social media, uh, just because you support a guy and you don't support the other guy or you don't like the president and you like somebody else or you want the president. There's been a lot of uh, insults between Benfiquistas at a time that all of us should really want what's best for the club, right? So whether you think it's Luis Fieira, Rui Gomes da Silva, João Aranha Lopes, whatever, you're entitled to your opinion, uh, you're entitled uh, to your own opinion. And as Benfiquistas and as our culture demands, we should be respectful of other people's choices, right? Because before there was a democracy in Portugal, there was a democracy at Benfica, right? The, the democracy was born at Benfica before it was born in Portugal. Believe that. Um, so my my biggest frustration with this whole thing has been uh, the division that has occurred uh, with the Benfica fan base. And I've seen this with Brunt Carvalho with Sporting, and, and it was not good. It's, the club continues to be in shambles because there's such a, a huge division between all the fans. And it really, it's really upset me and frustrated me, um, and it made me sad. Be, of all the things that I've been seeing uh, on Twitter in terms of uh, guys that would probably – that would normally enjoy a beer in one of the lots outside Stade de Luz that would probably hug and high-five the guy next to him on the, on, on the stands because Benfica just scored a goal and the team was going to win. And all of a sudden, we see all these guys who were brothers in club, right? I could use that expression, brothers in club, just basically hating on on each other, just with with insults and with with really messed up language, and it's just it's just depressing and it's sad. It's sad for me, uh, and I know that Cristiano feels the same, and I know that you, Dave, feel the same. And and I can't wait till this is over. And regardless what happens tomorrow and what the results are tomorrow. Um, I hope that there's not a huge division within the club that will just be bad for the club in terms of what's 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 being tried to do currently this season, especially with the investment, especially with the coast, 
the coach, especially what's going on right now in the season in the point where we are in a season, right? Uh, I think the election is overshadowing the fact that we're, uh, we played six games, official games, and we won five of them. Uh, we're on top of the league. We're, what, five, five points uh, ahead of uh, Sporting? And Porto. Porto. Uh, six of whatever. But I think all of that has been overshadowed. Granted, uh, we've played the, the typical monks that we've, we usually play for, for, for the league. Uh, but being five for five uh, and um, a record, a starting record that perhaps goes back, not perhaps, that goes back 38 years. It's been 38 years since Benfica uh, had a, a start of the season like this. That's, all of that is being overshadowed by the division uh, of these elections, by the hate of the fan base, uh, and, and just by, I, I don't know, it's just this, this bad black cloud uh, over the club right now. Uh, you, you have COVID going on. You got people that want to get in the, sta in the stadium. Uh, you got F1, uh, F1 in Portimão that, are, that have 25,000 people, and you, you're, you're only going to be able to put 4,500 uh, on Thursday against Standard Liège. There's all these things. There's, there's the Cartão do Adept. There's all these things uh, that are going on right now in, in the Benfica stratosphere, if you, if you will, um, that is just, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, as a Benfica fan, uh, I'm very uh, discouraged by this whole thing, and I just wish that I could go to sleep and, and wake up when everything uh, settles. But certainly that's not uh, us. That's not Benfica Podcast. As you know, we're here for the good, the bad, the indifferent, the ugly. Uh, and we come here every every week and we give you our honest opinion. And and I'm sorry that this has turned on a little bit of, of a confession uh, for myself, uh, but certainly I can't wait till the elections are, are over tomorrow. Um, there's a lot of things going on in the background that, uh, that indicate that regardless of wins tomorrow, it's not going to go away uh, that easy. Uh, and it's not going to be admitted that easy because there's a bunch of things that are that are going on in terms of how the elections, how the the vote process is being monitored, how the votes are going to be counted, um, who's handling the the urns with the votes. It's an electronic vote. It's a manual vote. It's a physical vote. I, you know, there's so much right now uh, going on that is just gives me leaves me with a very bad feeling. Uh, for tomorrow, but um, I hope that as Benfiquistas, everybody could uh, could remain civilized. Everybody could uh, go out and, and and vote. And certainly, I think this will probably be one of the biggest uh, turnouts that Benfica uh, will have in terms of uh, of voting. Uh, and certainly, you know, regardless of whether you you think that it's time for a change or uh, or you think that the direction in which we're 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 going in. Uh, or that we will go in in the next four years is is okay with you. Um, I we respect anyone's opinion, and we're not here to um, to say, oh, you know, just because you support Luis Filipeiro or Juan Ronaldo Lopes, you're 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 bad, or you're a scumbag, or you're an idiot, or blah blah. blah. That's not what we're here for. Uh, and unfortunately, I could not bring you uh, a fair uh, assessment and description of each one of the. The two lists, both the uh, Rui Gomes da Silva and John Ronya Lopes. Uh, so, like that, you could you could have probably uh, made up your your mind by uh, 
by listening to uh, a fair and just a straightforward assessment uh, from for me, or even if it was just a, a straight translation for me of what those campaigns are, are about. So I'm sorry that I couldn't bring you that in, uh, but I, I'm sure that you could understand of everything that's gone on lately. And then uh, we also have the, the, the situation here in the U.S. with the elections here, so on. And so, look, it's just it's just a big mess. It's it's not for the faint-hearted, and, and certainly I'm I'm feeling some uh, some feelings that uh, not really normal for for me. So, um, but we'll get through it. We got uh, we got the Benfica election tomorrow. Then we got the U.S. election on Tuesday. Uh, so uh, hopefully by this time next week I'll be in in a in a better mood, if you will, or, or feeling a little, a little better. So we'll just have to see, but, um, sorry, sorry for that rant. Cristiano, let's get right into it, man. I know, I know you're about to fall asleep. All right, everybody. It was nice talking to you guys. I'll catch you next week. Uh, make sure you <laughs> check us out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, man. look, you, you said before a few minutes ago, as you, as you were going off on your, on your thought process here, um, that, you know, I know Cristiano and Dave are sad, and, and sad's not the word. It's, it's, I'm more like disgusted than I am sad uh, because we live in a world where people don't know how to respect one another, whether you agree or disagree. Um, it is what it is. It, it's, you know, that's, that's what's beautiful about, about living in a free world, um, that you can make your own decisions, um, whether everybody else agrees with you or not. And as you guys know, <laughs> I, I don't have any problems uh, speaking my mind. I don't have any problems touching any subject. But for those of you that listen to the podcast with regularity, for those of you especially that follow me on social media, you can tell throughout this whole process, I haven't once, I don't think, tweeted or, I mean, I haven't once mentioned anything regarding the election. Um, those of you that have listened to the podcast over the years know exactly where I stand because I was doing this way before it's fashionable. Uh, to change, you know, icon pictures red and whatever. I was doing this many years ago, so you guys know where I stand. Um, but it's 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 disgusting, and I guess it, you know you you're right to some extent that it is it is sad that we live in a world that people don't know how to respect one another. Whether you know, uh, there's so much so much noise about um, equal equality equality for everybody and and this and that, and then you know all of a sudden, the minute you show any 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 idea or any inkling that you might not be in line with so and so's thought process, you know, you get attacked immediately. Whether it's you know on the right side, on the left side, whatever it is, whether you're Luis Vieira, what you know, because this look, let's let's be fair. This doesn't only happen to the Noronha Lop supporters. This also happens to the Luis Luis Vieira supporters. You know, look, it, we're all different people. We all tick to a different tune, right? Um, you know, we all had, you know, have our own opinions. And so I think it's, it's, it's very important that in, in a situation like this, in a time like this, um, not just in the Benfica elections, but as you mentioned, Alfredo, the, the U.S. election, it, it's, it's important that, number one, we respect one another, regardless of where we may stand on that line, all right? But it's important that we respect one another. And because uh, at the end of the day, I think, um, we all want the same goal, which is we all want the very best for our football club in this in this instance and for our country, you know, for those of us that live in the United States of America. We all want the very best. I don't think any one of us is is going out there to vote just to wreak havoc and hope that, you know, shit blows up. No, no, absolutely not. We want the very best. So we all have that common goal. So let's let's align together and let's 
tomorrow, regardless of what the outcome is. Let's look, man, be supportive of one another. Yeah, we're all going to be disappointed if, if it doesn't go our way, right? It's natural for, 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 for human beings to feel like that when, when things don't go their way. But it's important that, you know, we support one another and we just look ahead and, and, uh, and uh, you know, hope that things turn out the best. And uh, if not, the great thing about, you know, politics and, and Benfica in this instance, if things aren't correct, if things aren't going well, you always, as sauce use, you always have the right to, to voice that displeasure and hopefully, uh, you know, put forth or, or force some early elections. I mean, there's, there's other things. There's other ways to go around it. There's no need to get stupid and, and violent and, and, and any of that sort. So um, very disappointed and very disgusted for certain people's attitudes on social media in particular, because obviously we're not out there in Portugal. We're not in Portugal, Alfredo. We're here in the United States. Dave is in, North, is in Canada, also North America. We don't have that day-to-day contact with these people. But, um, again, uh, let, let's keep things civil and let's uh, respect one another, because I think that's the most uh, important thing in, in any relationship, in any friendship, in any, any sort of life. The most beautiful thing, the most important thing is respect because without respect, there's no love. There's nothing. Respect is a very important thing here. So let's respect one another come tomorrow and not just tomorrow, actually. <laughs> you know, we should always respect one another yeah. on a daily basis, but in particular tomorrow with, with, with what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. You couldn't have said it any better. And, and thank you, Christiana, to, uh, for adding on to that. Dave, uh, any, anything in, in particular you want to, say about these elections and we're going to move on uh, after that. Yeah, I think uh, we didn't even compare notes, uh, Alfredo, before uh, talking here, but you hit on every uh, subject point that I wanted to touch base on. No matter what the result, we need to be a a united Benfica because if we see these uh, divisions uh, continue after the results, and it doesn't matter who who wins, if it's uh, Vieira or Noronha, we have to be a united Benfica because if, if we're not united, then uh, it's it's the other clubs that uh, are the real winners after this uh, this uh, election. So uh, no matter who the winner is, first off, go vote. If you have the ability, go vote. Uh, that's uh, number one. Not uh, not even in this Benfica election, just in your election down uh, down south there. Go vote and. Um, like I said, just be united. No matter what the result is, it might not be your candidate that uh, that gets the, uh, the the victory, but in the end, uh, that's the candidate that's going to lead the the club. And last I checked, uh, we support the club. We don't support uh, presidents. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Couldn't have said any better. Um, so let's let's get into uh, uh, the fun part of, of the podcast, and let's uh, leave behind. Uh, this this election thing, and we'll let's start with uh, Lech Poznan, uh, Benfica's first game for the Europa League um, tournament uh, this uh, this season. Uh, so Lech Poznan and uh, or actually Benfica visited Poland uh, and played uh, Lech Poznan. Uh, I'll give you the lineup: uh, Vlakodimir, Gilberto, Otamendi, Vertonghen, Grimaldo, uh, Gabriel, and, and Tarabt. Pizzi on one side, Everton on the other. Uh, Walt Schmidt behind. Uh, Darwin was uh, was the lineup. Cristiano, no uh, no real surprises here with Andre Almeida going down to that uh, um, that in- the knee injury. Gilberto was going to be the next candidate, even though uh, we spoke here about uh, Gonçalves. But uh, I think that Gilberto is 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 gonna uh, is gonna have enough chances to kind of burn himself. JJ is yeah. going to give him enough rope. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, especially when he's he's the reason why he's here. Um, look, as we spoke on the last podcast, we brought up the Ogun Salves. I actually brought up the, the crazy idea of playing with three in the back, and obviously it did not happen. But I think we're all in agreement um, when we were looking into this game last week that Gilberto would get the first crack because he is a natural right back. He is a guy that JJ put his name behind to bring him into this club. So, um, and then on top of it, he didn't play terribly when he, you know, he actually played well. He started off when he when he came in over the weekend in that game that um uh, that Almeida injury. Um, he came in and you know, looked a little sluggish at first. Got his feet, you know, it took him a minute to get his feet under him, and then once he did, um, you could tell that you know he's a quality player. Obviously, still raw in some areas, but a player that could could definitely add uh, to this team. And so I think. Um, I think uh, that look, I'm not surprised. I don't think any of us here on the podcast are surprised that he did get the first crack at that right back position. Yeah, I, and look, I'm to me, Dave. The the best thing that I'm looking at this eleven, the best thing that I could take out of this eleven as I'm lo- as I look at it is that unlike any other seasons, there, there's no such thing as rotations. Your strongest eleven, full full blast. Yeah. Uh, rotation, and this isn't uh, the B, B team showcase, right? Where we've seen in the previous uh, European campaigns where we're, our, our B team players are making their debuts for the squad, and then they're also making their debut, their European debuts on the uh, same na- match day. But uh, yeah, this was definitely uh, our strong, one of our stronger uh, 11, so no real surprise. And uh, good to see that they're not using uh, Europe so far as a showcase for their uh, youngsters. Yeah, so early goal by Befiga coming off of uh, PK that Pizzi took. Uh, Walshmidt was trying to cross the ball into the box from the end line, and a sliding player ended up uh, blocking the ball as he was sliding with his with his hand uh, behind his his body. Um, and then uh, Befiga allowed a goal uh, five minutes later, uh, and, but we would go into the half two uh, one. Uh, after a goal from Darwin, uh, is, is it first goal for Benfica? Yeah, that was his first, first goal. official. Uh, Darwin off of uh, uh, Gilberto Cross. And he looked like from the angle we were watching, I was watching the game from the angle that with the camera showed, it looked like he got up really high for that header. And it was just a, a really, really good, solid header. Uh, happy for him ha- and happy for. Uh, Benfica going into the locker room, but the biggest thing is that Benfica showed some some fragilities in terms of uh, defending against uh, a, a team that's uh, that was in ninth place, if I'm not mistaken, as you mentioned last week, Dave. So, uh, yes, the the, the two one scoreline is probably the best thing that Benfica could take out of that half, uh, but defending uh, was really not all that great uh, in the second half. Uh, Rafa came in for Pizzi as JJ was trying to shore up that uh, that right side of, of the midfield. Uh, Poznan did uh, get that uh, equalizer in the 48th minute, uh, but then at uh, at the hour mark, uh, Darwin uh, with a feed from Everton and a nice outside of the boot cutback uh, was able to uh, put Benfica ahead uh, 3-2. Um, more substitutions: Weigel for Tarab, Pudrinho for Waldschmidt. Uh, in the 67th minute, Tavares for Grimaldo. Uh, and Benfica really, that there was a time that uh, Poznan was on top of Benfica in that second half. And, you know, Vlacodimus had a, had a, a couple good saves uh, to, to really keep the, the, the scoreboard. And, uh, and, then, uh, and then after the 90-plus, uh, Darwin was able to get his third goal and, and a hat-trick. So did he not only get this first goal for Benfica, but he also got uh, a hat-trick. 
And uh, Cristiano, do you know who had a hat trick in the Europa League previously? Yes. <laughs> that was an easy question. Sorry. Jean Felix. Yeah. Jean Felix, that's right. So we. Um, he, uh, I wasn't sure. You see, I hesitated. I hesitated. You hesitated a little bit. No, because I wasn't sure. Because uh, I thought you were actually going to go with the question, who's the last player to get a hat trick on the road for Benfica? So I'm like, where's Alfredo going? Because, I mean, that Joan Felix was, I mean, against, against uh, Frank, uh, but, uh, the, uh, I can't ever right. I, I can pronounce their freaking name. The team that, that uh, Silva was, uh, Andres Silva plays over there now in, uh, in the Bosnos. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I knew that one was easy, but. I just wasn't sure if you were going where with Dave came up uh, with the notes earlier, so I hesitated for a minute. But, yeah, uh, Juan Felix, absolutely. That's how I should have uh, rephrased it. When was the last time a Bifiga player had a hat trick in the Europa League? But that was, that's still an easy one. That's easy. The last time, that was Juan Felix. That was Juan Felix, but the last, right. uh, last, last Bifiga player on the road was the one that I had there. Go ahead, Dave. Give, give, us some, give us some numbers on this game. Yeah, so the, just keeping on uh, point here, so uh, – not since 92, and it was uh, Pacheco, uh, Benfica's last player to score a hat-trick uh, away in a European uh, competition. That was right before uh, it was Sporting. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then uh, this was uh, Benfica's 19th uh, consecutive uh, away game conceding a goal in European competition. So, uh, like Alfredo said, they're uh, defensively still a little bit leaky. Uh, especially against a, a Polish team uh, that uh, was in ninth uh, position in the, their Polish league there. And I don't know about you, but uh, for a team not uh, up to our stature, they really caught on once uh, Nuno Tavares uh, came on. They they sent their whole uh, attacking uh, down uh, down his side, and he looked uh, god-awful um, in that uh, as soon as he came in. But... Um, what's uh, Yuri Ribeiro uh, up to uh, these days? Because God, uh, he might even be better than uh, Dave. Tavares. Confusing <laughs> the games here, Dave. You know what? You're not confusing nice. the games here. No, he's got it. Nuno Tavares came in in the 67th minute for Grimaldo. Oh, you mean? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. yeah, but here's the thing, right? And and look, I I know that uh, our European. Uh, contributions <laughs> as of late uh, or in the past uh, five years haven't been all that great Christina, do, do, do you think it's um it's fair to, to compare this this new stage of Ifika's uh life with what we had in the past five years i mean look in europe i think if we're going to be fair here guys we we really have to look at you know, I think I've been pretty vocal about this over on social media, but, you know, look, JJ, just like Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, Jurgen Klopp, you name the coach, Carlo Ancelotti, whoever you want to name, he's going to need time. The guy's been at the club for four months, and obviously we're still leaking in the back. Um, he definitely needs to tighten things up, but we know we will. Um, but you can't tell me this team is not playing night and day, uh, you know, compared to what we saw last year. And like you mentioned, the last five years, this is a team that's got potential. Obviously, we spent a lot of money and invested um, a lot of that money to bring a lot of these players in. But that being said, we see the team playing totally different with this high press. Uh, we're up 2-3-0, and he's still going for more. The team never never just sits back and then is content with with, you know, keeping or holding the score for the time being. So, look, uh, I just think we have to compare this team to what we've 
you know, accustomed to seeing on the JJ, but we have to keep in mind that it's early. It's early times. He's only been here four months. Um, just like any other a bit of those other big-time coaches would need time to implement their system, to get these guys all playing, you know, their style of football. It's going to take them time, but it's still uh, it's still good to see this team be in first place, not just in the league, but obviously go on the road. And uh, despite of having some difficulties at times, still coming away with a very impressive 4-2 uh, two victory on the road. Uh, to kick off things here in the Europa League. Yeah, the the biggest thing really was uh, getting uh, those three points away, as Cristiano mentioned, uh, regardless of uh, of Lech Poznan's uh, stature, uh, whether they they should compete with Benfica um, on any given day. Uh, regardless, away um, away games in Europe are always very uh, very tricky, and and oftentimes. Um, you classify based on the amount of points that you grab away from your stadium, uh, considering that you're going to get favorable results in your when you're in your building. Uh, so it was it was good for Benfica. Um, three points, um, three goals by Darwin. Um, I think that there was a lot of us that were already starting to think about Darwin. When is he going to lose confidence if he doesn't score? Uh, even though he had been assisting and he had been playing well, he had been doing great. But as you know, a center forward lives off of goals. Uh, and regardless of how many guys you feed and how many assists you provide, uh, that goal is what to, what you live for. That That's what you train for. That's uh, everything that you do uh, in your life, in your professional life as a, as a footballer is towards uh, scoring goals. So I'm, I'm happy that he was able to uh, get not one, not two, but three goals. Uh, so uh, happy for Darwin, happy for, happy for Benfica. We then had Bolinis sat on Monday, which was uh, yesterday as we record this. Uh, JJ operated three um, changes from what we saw in, in Poland. Uh, and here's where, where the rotation happens. Weigel came in for, for Gabriel. Rafa came in for, for Pizzi. And you can make an argument that that's Rafa's spot and not Pizzi's spot. And Seferovic came in uh, for, for, for Darwin. Um, for once, the, the rotation didn't happen uh, in Europe, but it happened domestically. As I suggested in the previous podcast, if you're going to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. They? <laughs> oh, yeah. Krish. Oh, did I? No, I did the It opposite. was me. Yeah, oh, you were saying that you were saying... You were saying that Benfica can afford to lose points in Poland, but uh, wanted to build a, a strong gap in Portugal. You're right. You're right. But I was right that I said one, or I just wasn't sure on which order. Uh, but now you had a fifty-fifty chance there. I, I completely forgot. Honestly, I thought I did. But you're right. Absolutely correct. I said if you're going to to make changes, you do it against the. Uh, Poznan uh, Rasp or whatever the name of that team was, and you field your you know uh, most formidable lineup on, on Monday against Valencia. Look, he made the changes that he had to make. Um, glad to see my boy Adele, as as you guys as you guys know, he didn't have a particularly good game. But uh, I mean, I wasn't really surprised by any of those changes. I'm afraid if that's what your question is, I know nah. I'm a little, I got off track a little bit here with this whole, as I said in the last uh, podcast. Uh, you want to direct your question again? No, and, and I'll throw I'll throw this to you, right? Um, also, right, because I think this speaks a lot to the confidence and the depth that JJ has at his both from his players and at his disposal, right? Uh, so Weigel uh, is a player that could start on this Benfica team any game, right? 
Rafa is a player that could start on this Bifika team any game. Seferovic, he has done well. I mean, after all, he's, he scored the first goal uh, for Bolnes. He's built up Bifika on, on a, a couple other occasions uh, this season also. Hey, he trusts him. He knows what he's going to get from the guy. The guy is a workhorse. He's not going to dribble three, four, five people. He's just going to work. He's going to work, and he's put himself in a position to score. I think the one positive thing we should say here is because normally we've we've criticized Benfica over the years for having a, a, a plantel curt, right? If you, if you recall that, Alfredo, in years past, where you really only counted on 13, 14 players tops. There was 23, 25 on the roster, but there's always the same 13, 14 guys that were getting in a rotation and, and, and playing and coming out. That being said, look, credit to him. If he's going to keep these guys on the rosters to give them playing time, and that's exactly what he's doing, rather than just, you know, starting uh, Sferovic to the side, he's giving them a start here um, and, and pays off with the early goal. Obviously, Benfica was able to to relax a little bit more after that. Um, another one of those games that they weren't particularly, you know, spectacular defensively. Um, mm-hmm. is, I think, posed some, some legitimate threats. Uh, Benfica pressured high, you know, typical JJ style um, to start the game. Um, and then after that, it kind of like they faltered a little bit. And, and I know he mentioned in a, in a post-game press conference that, you know, he started making subs later on in the second half because some of these guys were already at the limit of fatigue, right? Some of these guys were getting fatigued because they were playing a lot of minutes early on here in the season. Um, and so, uh, look, it, it's good that he was able to see that rather than burn out the rest of his players. But unfortunately, there were some substitutions, one in particular that he had to make due to another injury, another one of our starting uh, uh, outside backs last week was our right back. This week is this guy's turn, which was uh, Grimaldo's turn to, to get hurt. Our left back, obviously something you don't want to see. I know Alfredo, you and, and, and a lot of us were critical of Benfica not going uh, to, to, you know, on the transfer market to, to – to reinforce, I mean, can't we did it at right back with Gilberto, but <laughs> I know a lot of people weren't crazy about it. Look, and to, 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 to be fair, he's, he's been all right. But in particular, left back, because we saw a kid in, in um, Tavares who we see he's got the physical tools, but he's not ready yet with the ball at his feet. He's not particularly – doesn't play the, the, the style of, of that J.J. likes to implement. So, I mean, if you recall, we did the buy-sell loan. I believe we said loan him out because, look, he's got some attributes that, that could turn him into a quality player, but he just needs to play. Um, and now he's he gets thrown to, to, to the fire. He's going to be the guy that we're going to count on going forward. And and like Dave mentioned, which I completely mixed it up, uh, credit to Poznan for, for, for realizing that and, and sending everybody down the down his side and obviously posing a, a, a you know a lot of pressure on Benfica's defense and then we said the same thing with um, what happened when Grimaldo got injured. Bulnes has kind of started to use that right flank and started to come down that flank and so it, it, look it's going to be very worrisome when we get to the bigger games, but we'll see what happens. Uh, do we even know guys, do we even know what, what, what the final word or the, 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 you know, as far as the extent of Grimaldo's injury is, have we heard anything on it? I haven't read anything. Um, usually things like that, they wait for the swell. I, I, it did yeah, look like some kind of a high ankle sprain uh, from, from what I was looking at. It didn't look like an Achilles because it was the the foot that got caught, and he kind of rolled over on it on his foot, if that makes sense. Uh, but we haven't heard 
what the extent of the injury is and, and how long he's going to be out for. And as I mentioned, usually they'll, they'll wait for the swelling to go down. Then they'll do all the, the scans and the MRIs that they need to determine uh, the severity of, of the injury. Uh, but we haven't heard anything uh, from the club in terms of that. But uh, look, I think uh, uh, Benfica had a good, a good start uh, of the game. Again, uh, scoring early with Seferovic this time going up and, and scoring the, the, the header off of uh, Grimaldo uh, assist. But I thought that uh, one Petit made some some adjustments uh, in the middle of the first half where he kind of brought the both uh, the defensive line and the midfield line closer so that there was no room in between lines for um, for, for 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 Rafa and and for Seferovic or for Darwin for Everton to uh, show up in. Um, Benfica then had a lot of problems in penetrating uh, Bulnes, and and with that also uh, brought the confidence that that Bolinsers now shored up their defensive lines and now they could focus on exposing Benfica. And if you know JJ and if you know the way he likes to play, JJ likes to play with a very high line. Uh, he likes to play with his teams uh, in, in a space of, I would say, maybe 30, 35 yards. I don't know what that is in, in meters, but... It's it's small, and if you're watching a game, you see the space that's between the last man in defense and and the forward line. The team plays very compressed. When you play with the high line like that, what happens is you expose the space behind the defenders' backs. And if you don't have speed uh, in defense, you're going to get beat. And when you look at two guys like Otamendi and Vertonghen, guys that are not very speedy, and then you have guys like Gilberto and Tavares up on the field, probably around the midfield band, now you're going to have a problem where you're going to get exposed when you have guys with speed. And that's that's what I think uh, Bolnitz did. Uh, and uh, Benfica was, uh, in the last 10 minutes of the first half, they they struggled. But uh, went into the locker room, uh, won nothing. Um and uh, the second half was Benfica was a little better, was a little bit more uh, more aggressive, and uh, we ended up uh, getting uh, the second goal. When did we score the second goal? Was it seventy seventy fifth minute? Seventy fifth minute, yeah. We scored the the second goal in the seventy fifth minute, and um, and uh, you know we we wrapped it up. But I think that there was a couple chances that Bulnes had that if they had better players probably would have been more dangerous uh, for Benfica. But again, um, you know, good win, you know, especially after a European campaign when there's travel involved, when there's short rest. Uh, and I know that's still early in the season, but, uh, you know, getting those wins and keep keeping the pace up domestically uh, is beautiful. Darwin got his first league goal, by the way. His first, also his first goal at the start of the lose. So, uh, look, uh, maybe, like, as you said, Alfredo, it was good to see him score, not just one, but three in particular. His confidence is ultra high. You could tell the guy never gives up on any ball, and it was, you know, a fantastic ball by Luca Walshman, who had been subbed into the game by JJ because his game had gotten a little bit stale for a couple minutes and came in. Yeah. The, the, the perfect tandem, the two guys up top that are just, you know, feeding off of one another. They, they're, they you know, Benfica's version of, of uh, Harry Kane and, and, and so on over there at Tottenham who just keep uh, feeding each other. We've, one's scoring, the other one's assisting and vice versa. And now we see that here with Benfica. And, and Darwin got to the ball, a hustle play. 
goalkeeper Andre Moreira comes out for it and he's able to cut back and, and, and just cut it around the goalkeeper and tucks it into the back of the net from the outside of the box. Credit to him. Um, you know, and, and as you've mentioned, his confidence has got to be ultra high now. And so this is only only a good sign for Benfica and hopefully he continue, he continues this uh, you know, long, long stretches into the season. Yeah. And you know, we, what we really saw in with uh, with Lucas Schmidt coming in um, Lucas, Lucas Schmidt. <laughs> now I'm calling <laughs> JJ calls him Lucas Schmidt. Luca Walschmidt uh, coming in is is really two different uh, Benficas, right? So you have the Benfica in the first half where you got Seferovic and you got Darwin, two guys that are more uh, box guys. They don't. They're not guys that really play in between lines. And then you got when Walschmidt comes in. Now you got a guy that slips in between lines. That looks for channels. Uh, that looks to to create those mismatches if he gets the ball. Uh, in a favorable position. And you see Walt Schmidt, the way he works, smart, gets the ball in between lines. He knows he's not going to have too much uh, too much space to play, and he dishes it off. So, uh, And that's why Benfica has been able to be so su- successful when Walt Schmidt and Darwin are, are on the field. Um, so a good win for Benfica. Um, so and now uh, we're, um, we got the Europa League match day two against... Uh, against uh, Liege. But, uh, Dave, numbers on this game. I know that you didn't have a lot on this Bolinense game. Yeah, and you uh, touched upon it on your uh, your uh, airing of grievances oh. about the rea- the uh, the election. But the first time in 38 years where Benfica's won their first uh, five games of the Portuguese uh, season. So just a, a little timbit there. Right, so Thursday we will play uh, Standard Liège uh, at the Stade Luz, as I mentioned. 4,500 uh, lucky uh, Benfica sausages will be uh, attending the game. Uh, there's a couple of people that we know, Cristiano, that we personally know that will be attending games, so I'm, I'm happy uh, for them. Um, I'm, I'm not, because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> So in, uh, in 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 the run up to uh, to the Europa League competition, I had a chance to to speak to the folks over at uh, at the Belgium Football Podcast. Uh, they wanted me to speak about uh, Benfica, and in exchange, they also spoke about Standard Liège. So um, I taped this uh, beforehand. So we're gonna play it right now. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? Alex Xero from Sportsnet and Sportsnet 590, the fan. You're listening to Alfredo, Chris, and Dave on the Benfica Podcast. Hello, everyone. Uh, we're sitting here with Scott Coyne. He is uh, one of the hosts of the Belgium Football Podcast. We have enlisted his help to give us a little bit of insight on Standard Liège, one of Benfica's opponents in the upcoming Europa League champions, uh, champion, uh, Europa League uh, competition, I should say. Uh, so, Scott, thank you very much for, for, for joining us and, and to be able to uh, give us some insight on, uh, on Liège. How are you today, my friend? Um, fantastic, Alfredo. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's start at the beginning. Uh, off-season for Liège, uh, what were some of the off-season moves that, uh, that they have done? Well, uh, standard, I suppose, standard Liège are going through a kind of a, a slight transition, if you like, at the moment. Um, you might say they had a, a new head coach came in uh, over the summer. Uh, French uh, French coach Philippe Montagnier, uh, who has quite a lot of experience. You know, he's coached in France um, and in England. Um, he came in in the summer um, and has been kind of getting to to, to know what what is a, quite a young squad for the most part. I think that's worth pointing out. Um, there's a lot of players 
in the current standard squad who are between 19 and 22 years of age. Um, there is a little bit of experience in there, but for the most part, it's a young squad. Um, so he's he's been kind of getting to know them um, and kind of bedding in his ideas. So I, I suppose it's, it's early days under a new regime, you might say. Yeah, and, and how are they doing, uh, you know, with this new transition, new coach, how are they doing domestically? Well, um, they're doing quite well. Um, I think it's worth pointing out that they're, they're quite a difficult side to beat. Um, and because of that, they've, they've, they've had a very positive start. So uh, the Belgian Pro League, which is the top division in Belgium, has had its first eight games of the season now. Uh, and Standard Liège are currently third in the table. Um, but they're only two points off top, which I think they'd be kind of quite happy with. They had quite a sluggish start, but in recent weeks they've they, they, they've improved and got some great results. Their last league game before the international break, um, they went away to Charleroi, who are top of the table at the moment, and uh, got a great win there, um, which really kind of lifted them up the table, I think, and, and really was... Uh, proof that they were they were improving um, kind of quite quickly. Um, they've only lost one of the opening eight league games of the season, so um, they've started pretty positively. Yeah, uh, they qualified for the, this Europa League competition uh, uh, from being in third. They didn't have to had to go through uh, through the EL qualifiers, uh, but. Um, what is how does uh, what can we expect from Standard in in terms of how they set up and what kind of formation? Well, as I was kind of saying, they're they're quite a difficult side to beat. Um, they they are naturally quite quite defensively minded, and that's that's more to do with the fact that Belgian football itself is is very physical, um, and because of that, there tends to be a a tendency with a lot of Belgian teams to um, set up with a solid base first, if you like. So kind of the defensive side of the game is something that gets looked after first. And, and Philippe Montani has, has very much um, set that as a priority. Um, so they are, they are difficult to beat. They're not scoring many goals at the moment. Um, tactically, they've, they've been playing 4-3-3 quite a lot. Although in their last three or four league games, we've seen them play with other formations a little bit. So I think, as I alluded to, they're kind of um, getting to know each other as a squad and, and, and trying different things, I think. Um, most things seem to be working because, you know, they're doing quite well domestically at the moment. They, they won't be unhappy with where they are. Europe coming along at this stage is an interesting one because... Uh, Standard haven't won the Belgian Championship since 2009 and they have a big following um, and I think they, they, they would really hope to challenge for the title um, this season if, if possible. So I think the first couple of games in the Europa League are going to tell us kind of how, how well they are likely to do in, in, in Europe. I think they, they've not got a settled formation yet and obviously, playing aside with the the quality and depth that Benfica have means they're really going to have to adapt. I think um, quite quickly, especially because of that young squad they've got. Like I was saying, but I think they'll be looking forward to it. It's it's a it's a daunting task for them, particularly the the, the Benfica fixtures. But they they're the sorts of games those players are going to want to play because you know they're going to age your development quite a bit. I think. Yeah. So aside from 
being strong defensively and, and which speaks to the perhaps defensive organization that the team has and what this new coach has brought what are some of their their better points or, or strong points and even key players well in terms of their kind of key players um i, I would pick out a few a uh, goalkeeper arno bodar um is a big influence in the squad um, you often see Arnold Boda appearing at press conferences uh, to speak on behalf of the club. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of what they do as as, as a team comes from Boda. He's he's a he's an influential figure in the squad. Um, it's also worth mentioning um, central defender Zeno van Huysden, Belgian defender, young defender, 21 years of age, um, huge amount of potential. There's a lot thought of van Huysden. Um, you know, great things are expected of him in the game, I think. A couple of others, uh, Nicholas Raskin, a 19-year-old midfielder who can also play in the wing. Um, he's been uh, playing really well recently. Um, Salim Amala, Moroccan midfielder, 23, can also play as a winger. Um, creative player, um, important to standard. Um, 27-year-old Uruguayan striker. Philippe Avenetti, who I think could become very important actually uh, in these games because uh, in the summer there, a number of weeks ago, Standard bought uh, a new young striker, Congolese striker, 21-year-old called Jackson Malika, um, who although he's only played three or four games is starting to show some real potential early on. Um, but unfortunately, I think this game might come too early for him because he came off against Charleroi with what turns out is a small hamstring tear. Um so they, they, they would be the key pickouts for me, I think. Yeah. Um, considering that they're now working under a new coach and, and perhaps the, the priority is in cementing uh, some consistency within uh, the Belgian uh, league uh, and also the fact that they haven't won a league in the 08, since the 08-09 season, um, what do you think their approach in, in Europe is going to be? Do you think it's going to be something where they're going to test this team's medal, or, or do you think that uh, they're just going to go and, and take out of it whatever they could get? I think um, I, I think it's important for them to do as well as possible. I mean, I think they will look at the group and um, they would probably expect to finish in second place, I think. Um I think they probably um, have already prioritised finishing ahead of uh, Poznan and Rangers um, and would probably expect Benfica to win the group, I think. Um, I think with, with such a young squad, I mean, these things can go either way uh, for teams, as we know. They, they, can be, they can be a hindrance um, or they can be a real, um, a real spur, a real motivating uh, factor. Um, and I think... Sometimes um, playing kind of Thursday, Sunday or Thursday, Monday, as it may be, I mean, it will, it will have a slight impact on when standards fixtures are because some of them might have to be rearranged by a day or two because of the Europa League fixtures. Um, so honestly, we don't really know yet, actually, um, how, how that might affect them. Um, I think they'll be going into it optimistically um, on the basis of the fact that their league form has started to pick up and they, they, they are round about where they would expect to be at the moment. Um, so I think they'll be looking forward to the, to, to the challenge of this coming along when it has. Right. Folks, we have been listening to Scott Coyne. He is one of the hosts of the Belgian football podcast. You can find him on Twitter 
at Scott underscore coin, C-O-Y-N-E, the Belgian podcast. You can find her on Twitter at Belgian podcast and all your podcast aggregators. Scott, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you for joining us tonight uh, and to give us a little bit of insight on, on Standard Liège. Thanks so much, Alfredo. I've had a great time. All right. So Standard Liège, Dave, what do you got uh, on Standard Liège? Yeah, so this will be the first uh, official meeting between uh, the two clubs. Uh, they're currently in uh, fourth place in the Belgium uh, League with five wins, three draws, uh, two defeats. And uh, they've got a former Benfica player on their squad. Uh, Mendy uh, Carcella is uh, on the standard Liège. Damn, Dave, you stole my, my one note. Mehdi Carcella, former Benfica player. <laughs> Um, is now over there. Did you know, Alfredo, that Sergio Conceição was once captain of Standard Liège? The Standard Liège legend. Did you know that another feisty bulldog, Portuguese international, was a, a coach of theirs as well, Sapinto, who's now in Brazil. Brazil. Brazil, cara. He's already being fiery in Brazil, from what I read. Are you surprised? Um, but uh, I'll, I'll ask you this, Cristiano, and, and, and Cristiano and I are, are from a time where uh, we used to hear about all these teams in, in Europe, and, and certainly Standard Liège wasn't always the, the team that we equated to Belgium. Uh, it's, all, it's always been Anderlecht, right? And uh, even Club, Club Rouge uh, was somebody of a little bit of outside. But Standard Liège was, was also that. I remember as a kid, you know, uh, associating them with uh, with Belgium, and here's uh, Benfica now playing uh, Sandar Liège, uh, as they've mentioned, first time between the the two clubs, Dave. I, I'm shocked. First, yeah, first I'm shocked. Official meeting. Because as you, I'm sorry, Dave. As you as you mentioned, Alfredo, we grew up with an era where you did hear about Sandar Liège and the three the three clubs, as you mentioned, uh, um, Club Rouge, Anderlec. Yeah, yeah, and so. Um, Again, I'm shocked that with, with with the success that Benfica had in the 80s and the 90s, right, early 90s in, in European competitions. Same thing with, with with those teams from Belgium. I'm shocked. I'm being honest. I, I did not know. I, I, I would, uh, coming into this game, I I anticipated that Benfica had uh, had played them at least once before. So uh, that's news to me. And you know, it's good. It's good to see this matchup. You got a couple of historic matchups here: um, Benfica, Stan Liège, and then Rangers. You got some, you know, big. Yeah. Name. Previous European, uh, you know, competitions, European history. So I'm glad to see this. You know, again, especially when it's the first time. Hey, better now than ever to get it out the way, right? Yep. Known clubs in Europe that uh, have really kind of uh, lost out once the Bosman uh, rule went into effect, and and the richer clubs got richer, and the poorer clubs stayed, or the average clubs uh, stayed the same or or went down. But certainly. Looking forward for that uh, lineup. Sandar Leges is currently uh, fourth in the in the Belgium first division. I mean, they're only two. Uh, they're only two uh, points off uh, off the top, uh, where, which is uh, Royal Antwerp is the team currently leading the Belgium uh, Premier League. Um, Dave, what what are, what do you um, what do you expect from this uh, this tie this fixture? Yeah, just another uh, fun fact there. We've also done business with them. We uh, we bought uh, Axel Witzel off oh. uh, off Standard Liège as well. So we uh, good shout up, uh, from there. But uh, I'm a, uh, I'm happy for the the fans that are able to uh, attend uh, the match inside inside the stadium uh, this week. I know 
you're saying it's what forty five hundred. It was originally what nine nine thousand that they were gonna uh, do it, but then uh, due to like the recent uh, uptick in cases, they brought it down to uh, forty four thousand there. But it it just doesn't make sense how. And I know you had also already mentioned this as well. How uh, at the the Formula One race, how there you had uh, twenty seven thousand. Uh, attend that uh, event and there's been other events in Portugal where they've had uh, big mass gatherings but yet uh, in soccer and the football matches we still um, are struggling to see uh, or get any fans inside these stadiums. I know they're using the uh, the European competitions in Portugal as a pilot project to see how, uh, how they run but it, it makes absolutely no sense that uh, you were able to put on this uh, Grand Prix in the Algarve this past weekend with 27,000, but only 4,000 uh, allowed in the, on the match on, uh, on Thursday. I agree. 1,000 million, gazillion, trillion percent. But I, I think it's different fans, different type of fan. First of all, football in Portugal, for some reason or another, is not looked upon with, in a positive light. Um, and we know that, that, that the, 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 whatever the powers that be, have tried to, I don't know, I don't want to call it silence, but have kind of tried to tame the football fan in Portugal with this whole carton socio bullshit and all this crap that's been going on for years. And when you think of, you know, let's just stick with Benfica, right? When you think of Benfica game, you think about allowing that number of, you know, of fans into Stade de Luz, 27,000 plus, whatever it may be, right? Could you imagine when Benfica scores a goal? Could you imagine the no-name boys just sitting on their seat and applauding? And, look, everybody's going to jump all over one another. It is what it is. You know, we're in Formula One. Everybody, again, it's a different fan. And, again, I totally agree. If you allow 27 into that, you got to allow some into the into the king sport in Portugal, which is football. You have to allow fans into the stadium, in particular when you have teams that, that, need, that need this the income from these games, like like you and I need air, right, in order to stay alive. Um, I, I think that the powers that be need to have, you know, conscience and need to allow that. But that being said, it's a different type of fan. Um, yeah. I think that might have something to do with it. I don't know. I might be wrong. I might, but it's just. Yeah, no, no uh, look, F, you, you meant, you, you're right. F1 is a bougie sport. No doubt. I don't think anybody could deny that, that F1, not everybody is a fan of, of, F, uh, of F1 and not everybody attends uh, the, the events, right? Or can afford to attend the events, right? Very expensive. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a bougie. And when Cristiano mentions different types of, of fans, uh, he's absolutely right. But what I wanted to mention is that the Group Socios Organizage, which is how the, the clocks are, are calling them, or, for example, the name boys fall under that category. Group socios organizados. The diabos vermelhos fall under that category. The problem is, and the requirement for this game, is that if, you're, if you want to sit in those areas designated for the group socios organizados, need, you need to have a cartão do adept. Uh, which is basically a, an identifying card that you're a fan, a fan ID card. If, it's like if, your membership club to Blockbuster. Right. That, that's how it translates. So the, the biggest thing with that is the fact that um, to, to, have that fan, to have that card, you have to give 
uh, all your all your data, right? All where you live, uh, you know, what your name is, what your age is, blah, blah, blah. Bunch of personal data. And the fans right now, and this has been tried in other countries and it has failed, the fans don't feel that they should need to give uh, that because every ticket that is sold or whether you're a sauce you or, or, or not, you're identified as a sauce you. Right, so that that information has already been given to uh, the club. So these groups are having a problem. I think most of us, and, and I have a, par- a problem certainly with it, that you shouldn't need to get you shouldn't need to get a, a, a fan ID because all your information is already on uh, whether it's your uh, your 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 state ID or your country ID or your socio ID. All that information is already in there. Right. That's got so, all your information you have to provide that when, when registering for, for practically. I mean, you want to become a socio Benfica, right? You, you go to the side of the lose, you go to the beautiful store, you're shopping around for keychains or whatever it may be, and you want to become a socio, you will have to present your passport. It, it's not no, like I mentioned, not no block, blockbuster ID that you're going to present them to identify yourself. No, it's got to be a government ID, whether it's a U.S. passport you know, even a U.S. driver's like it's gotta, ha- it's gonna have official information in there. It's not gonna be some some bull crap. So, um, that, oh, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, but now this uh, this card, I this fan card uh, ID is that some that's something outside of Benfica though. That's something that the Portuguese, the Portuguese government, government is looking for. That, that's okay. correct. So, so the so, fans are the supporters are okay with the club having their their identification and no, their information. The, the club, the club. Oh. No, but not even the club, Alfredo, because if you look at Benfica's clocks, they're not registered. They're not registered, but being right. being registered as a clock or being registered as a group socios organization, uh, basically the same thing, right? So yeah. what Benfica put is that if you want to sit in those sections, you need to have a cartão de socio or a cartão de adept, rather. Because if you don't have a cartão de adept, sorry. So I'm curious to see if there's going to be any Diabos Vermelhos uh, in attendance or no-name uh, boys in, in, in attendance and where they're going to sit. Uh, but certainly I know that Diabos have made themselves uh, heard and, and seen uh, at, the, at the roundabout where the bus goes in before go, goes, going into the stadium. Uh, I'm just curious to see where they're going to be sitting or even if they're going to be in attendance. It's just, I'm just curious to see how that's going to how that's going to go. But, but certainly I'm, I'm very jealous for the folks that are going to get to go to, uh, to the game and uh, finally smell that uh, grass and watch those, pay, those players uh, up close and, and personal, if you will. I'm just jealous that they're going to Mega Bar and I'm not. <laughs> no, I don't know if Mega Bar is open, dude. The lots might not be open? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think yeah. You got to present a, a bar ID to, uh, to go to those <laughs> bars now, too? A lot. A lot card. Um, so anyway, so after Standard Liège, Benfica will then uh, play uh, uh, Boa Vista. They will travel up north to Estadio do Besa to play uh, Boa Vista on Monday. Uh, what's, uh, what's Boa Vista up to this year, uh, Dave? This year, uh, they've got uh, three points from their first five games of the season. Uh, three draws, uh, two losses. So just uh, hovering above the uh, relegation uh, zone in 17th. Position uh, historically uh, 73 wins, 32 draws, 19 defeats. Uh, at the best, uh, 28 wins, 20 draws, uh, 12 uh, losses. 
Um, our last 10, uh, seven wins, two draws, one defeat. Uh, but however, the last five in a row, we've uh, won uh, against Boavista. And they had a busy offseason uh, bringing in some uh, key names there like uh, Angel Gomes, uh, Xavi uh, Garcia, Del Rami, and uh, even your American patriot, uh, Reggie Cannon, uh, they brought in uh, this offseason. Yeah, so Boavista is still looking for their first win of the season. Uh, and I got to be honest, this is one of the teams because of, of the folks that or the players that they went and got was one of the teams that I was excited to watch. Uh, but certainly they've been disappointed up until this point. Uh, Javi Garcia picked up his, uh, his fifth. They played five games. He picked up five yellows already. So he's he's going to be uh, – uh, or did he pick up or was he suspended? He All picked I know up his second, second yellow on, on Sunday. Oh, okay. So he's – right. He's so, a red so card to spend. He got a red card. Okay. So he will not be playing. Um, uh, Adil Rami, which is uh, uh, Armin Electra's boyfriend, is he going to play? No, Pamela Anderson's. Yes, they're all got plastic. Same. <laughs> <laughs> he will not be playing uh, either because he's uh, he's got a muscular injury. As of today, as we're checking that, and Angel Gomez, who has been uh, their standout player and really the the surprising player, he was also he has also been injured as of right now. I am not sure if he's going to be available, but certainly all those three guys are are big misses for them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those are guys, two guys with tremendous European experience, guys that have been around the block a few times. Um, and then the other kid, Angel Gomes, who's who's been absolutely spectacular for them early on here in the season. Um, look, as a Benfica, I'm ecstatic that you're not going to face these three, but it's still going to be a very ta- uh, tough task to go out to the best uh, and, and, and play, um, you know, uh, a team that's, that's listen, Without those three guys, they've still done a solid job of of reinforcing their roster. They got new ownership, so um, still going to be a very tough out. I hope Benfica comes comes in and plays their Jorge Jesus Razador tactic, um, and, and we you know score a few early goals and try to put this game to bed rather than than uh, get things uh, more complicated. Because as we mentioned before, Dave. It, it, well, as things stand now, right? Your boy Tavares is going to be over there. We know everybody's going to send everybody down there. Right flank is going to be like one of those horses over there at the Meadowlands racetrack. Uh, so uh, before things get a little bit too complicated, let's hope to to, to put a few in and, uh, and and kind of control things. Yeah. There's a local reference for anybody that lives in Jersey, the Meadowlands racetrack, or even in New York. I think everybody knows that. Anyway, um, so – or Jimmy Hoffman was buried. For those <laughs> I thought he was at the end zone at Giant Stadium, at the old Giant Stadium. Yeah, but it's still in that same parking lot. But you're right. It's all in, this, in that same <laughs> landfill. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, so a uh, uh, busy week. And, and as as we mentioned a couple of pods ago, the October, November are going to be busy months for Benfica playing uh, two games a, a week. And and certainly this uh, this week is, is no different. Uh, so election – Europa League trip to Porto, uh, which is which is never uh, easy. Um, we're just hoping that everything uh, goes well with with um, with everything that's going on, both with the games and with the election. Certainly, um, we will be back on Tuesday after Biffy uh, plays ball. Yeah, let's do it Wednesday, man. It's election night. There's gonna be a lot of people. Well, we exactly. We we don't have to record. They're not listening live. So yeah, you know what, Alfredo, I take that back. I was gonna say there's gonna be a lot of people voting. Yeah, by by ten o'clock, you should have already been voted. 
Mike Jamsi. They might want to go out for refunds afterwards. I don't know. He's Jamsi. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. between these two elections, you can interchange them. You need, people wouldn't know which one you're talking about. You could be talking about the Benfica election or the uh, presidential election, the way that uh, you guys have been describing it tonight. It's the just, election is still going on by next Tuesday night. We have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say so. I would say so. So I, I wanted to uh, thank Scott Coyne from uh, the, the Belgium uh, football podcast for, for conceding us uh, the time to to speak about Standard Liège and give us some insight on, on Standard Liège. Uh, certainly, I had fun uh, being on their podcast talking about uh, Benfica, as, uh, as always. Cristiano, parting thoughts? Tem mais nada a dizer. Bom trabalho. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's... Um, Dave, what about you? Go vote. This is a, a top podcast, and uh, we're reckon you, recommending that uh, you go out and uh, vote both elections. All you North Americans and Canadians, go vote. Make sure. At, uh, and yeah. Vote. At uh, 10 CO10 uh, is where you can find Cristiano on uh, Twitter. At 87DO87 is where you can find Dave. At Bifica Podcast is where you can find uh, the, the podcast's uh, Twitter uh, feed. Um, yeah, man. Just... Uh, Go vote. Uh, for us North Americans, if you haven't gotten the pin, uh, and I know that by the time you're listening to this might be too late, but there's a, there's a number. And if you go on my personal uh, Twitter feed, uh, which is uh, at talking to the doll with the being DA, um, there's some information on there. There's a number you can call from eight o'clock to 10 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. That's Portuguese time. Uh, and don't forget that Portugal rolled back their clocks this past Saturday. So now East Coast, we're only four hours um, difference between uh, New York and, uh, and Lisbon. Uh, so for those of uh, you that can do the math, it's 4 a.m. <laughs> that's right. It's 4 a.m. here and it's, it wants those phone lines open so you could get your pin. So what, what I've been able to <coughs> – excuse me. What I've been able to gather is that you got to have your socio card. You call them, you give them your socio card, and they give you the pin over the phone. That's the way it works. Good luck trying to get through. Uh, certainly try to get through at a time where not a lot of people are going to be calling. Uh, certainly uh, as soon as it opens, there's going to be a lot of people calling. So I'm, I'm going to try to get in there and, and, and get my pin and hopefully be able to exercise my right as a socio. And if you're a socio, um, and you're not exercising your right uh, to vote and really um, make your voice heard in terms of uh, who you want uh, for this club or what you want for this club, uh, then shame on you because there's a lot of people uh, in, uh, in a lot of countries outside of Portugal that wish they had that, uh, that freedom to go to the stadium every, uh, every weekend, every other weekend, and also to vote when election time comes. Uh, so certainly, uh, as Dave mentioned, I encourage everyone to vote, go vote, go make your voice heard. Um, and regardless of what the uh, outcome is, uh, Benfica needs unity. Benfica needs fans and Benfica needs their fan support behind uh, their team, both in, in football and any other modalidad uh, that Benfica plays. So certainly uh, a time for unity, not a time for division. So that's it. We'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks a lot for checking us out. Um, my name is Alfredo Fumas, Cristiano Oliveira and Dave Oliveira. Uh, Dave D. Oliveira have been here uh, with me and we'll be back next week 
on Tuesday, we'll break uh, we'll break down the Standard Liège game, the Boavista game, and we'll look ahead to what Benfica has uh, next. Well, Cristiano and I are also trying to get a, a time added on. There's some topics that I wanted to mention on the podcast, but we kind of have them saved for uh, for the for time added on. One of them was uh, was Otamendi being uh, being a captain. Uh, that's a topic that we want to discuss. So keep an eye out. We're probably going to record one uh, this week, and we'll have it out by the end of the week. And that's it. Thank you very much. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.